Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. We're two sisters on a mission to entertain and educate by learning from women who live a purpose-driven life. Be sure to subscribe and rate our podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. Today, we are speaking with Alea. And you know what, Alea? I was just talking to you off camera, and... I said, why don't you just introduce yourself? Because sometimes people have bios online or on Instagram and they're always ever changing in my opinion. So who is Alea today? It really is ever changing. I feel Isn't like I it? my it's Instagram true. bio like at least once a month. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm Alea. I, most people know me from either pageant world, I was Miss Texas USA or from bachelor world. Those seems to be my, my two biggest identifiers. But aside from that, um, I'm born and raised in San Antonio, Texas. I'm 26 years old. I also own a small business of my own. So I'm just a person who likes to travel and likes to keep busy. And uh, there's always something going on on my side of the world. Yeah, cool. What's what's your small business? Um, so it's called Three Bees at Home. It's myself and my mother, my sister as well. The three of us kind of co-own it. And we sell, the way I describe it is like anything you need for a cozy night in. So we have soap, scrubs, bath bombs, loungewear, candles. Um, we even have dog toys because you can't have a cozy night in without your dog, obviously. <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of, um, that's what we do. That's what we sell. It's so nice. Uh, we're going on year three now, so. Yeah, my sister, Sonia, and my mom and I are three musketeers like that too. That's nice yeah. to hear. Yeah, what do you think great. is one... What's one thing, like, how do you have a good relationship with your sister? I, I've heard, I hear about other people fighting with their sisters or not even speaking. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, yeah. yeah. What's something that you guys do to keep like communication open and keep the so friendship in life? It's, it's hard for us. Cause my sister and I have a seven year age gap. So, I mean, okay. we're at pretty wildly different parts in our life at any given time. Um, so growing up, it was a little strained cause you know, where she's, coloring and doing little kid things. I'm a teenager and, you know, I'm noticing boys and wanting to drive and hang out with my friends. But as we've gotten older, the relationship's gotten better. I think we've just kind of, um, she's learned that I'm not like 
the snarky enemy sister. I'm like, I'm the cool sister, like the cool mom from Mean Girls. But um, <laughs> I don't really know. I think that we've just understood as we've grown older that we're individuals. Like, yeah, we're sisters, um, but we both have our own individual strengths and it's helped us be able to cheer for each other rather than feel like, you know, you're in a competition with your sister. We have different styles. We have different hobbies, passions, likes wildly different personalities. And it's, I don't know, it's just kind of over the years. That. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. You mentioned that like different chapters because of age. I think that's yeah. what I kind of wanted to talk to you about today is like different chapters with friendships and like, even within ourselves, like mind, body, spirit, physicalness like what does it look like right now for you in your chapter of life like how are you feeling in your own skin at 26 are you feeling good I don't know some days like (laughs) I feel like I was just having this conversation with uh my best friend that like your 20s are freaking hard like it is unbelievable how difficult your 20s can be because you know I feel like when you're when you're going through high school you may not have it all figured out, but you're very clearly given a path. Like, Hey, you go to school Monday to Friday. There's no deciding what your education is. Like your education is what it is. Your hobbies are what they are. Like if you want to do dance, there's a club for that. If you want to do sports, there's an avenue for that as well. And then once you graduate, you're kind of on your own, Mm -hmm. like you sure college, you're given a little bit of guidance, but it's way more, uh, way more free. And then after college, like you're, you're on your own, like you're a hundred percent on your own. So, uh, I know myself, I've been going through kind of a weird period of not really knowing what direction I want to go in now. Like, you know, pageants are done for me. Bachelor's done for me. What's next. Mm-hmm. That's been really hard for me to be honest. Yeah. 26. I'm, I'm going to be 36 tomorrow. Shut up. Yeah. So <laughs> that's like, 26, 27, 28, brutal. Honestly, (laughs) living in LA and just being a single girl, I was like, this is so confusing. Oh my God. And dating nowadays is miserable too. And like, I feel like at that age, you feel, or at least at this age, like, I feel like I need to be finding Mr. Right, my husband and working on having a family. And like, I'm way behind and oh my gosh. Yes. It's, it's brutal. I think it's like, goes back to what you said about you and your sister though, is like not comparing and like being that individual person and that's where you can find joy. Otherwise, if you're always looking around and like scrolling and comparing, it gets kind of sad quick. Oh, I totally agree. No, <laughs> no matter where you are, even everybody. if you have everything, even if you're, yes. ev- you have everything going for you, you're still always like wanting more and having that like, yes. Right. Where I had, oh my God, I had the, you're literally like, it's like you were there. I was having this exact conversation with my best friend the other day. Cause both of us had been having the same type of feelings and she and I were both like expressing that, you know, I feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then both of us kind of had a moment of where we talked to each other. And I was like, wait a second. I feel like you have it all together. And she's like, well, I feel like you have it all together. I'm like, wait a second. Like we had this revelation moment that of course you're going to feel stuck because you're looking at your own progress and how much mm-hmm. progress you've made up until this point and how much progress in your mind you still have yet to make rather than you're looking at all of these other people and where they currently are. You don't care about how far they've come. You don't care how far they have to go. You're looking at their present moment and who they are. And if you looked at yourself that way, I feel like it just, it vastly changes the way that, that you can view your own life. 
I think it's a really good conversation. And I love that. Like, that's like the deepness you have with your friend to have like real conversations. (laughs) But I also think a whole nother level of that is like everyone's starting line so different. Right. So I feel behind. It's like, well, maybe because this, the cards weren't really stacked in my favor and I was, you know, a negative and had to climb all the way to zero and I'm still doing, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Not everybody is starting at the same point. And that means like, once you two get to the same point, their journey may be a mile and yours might've been 10 miles. Mm -hmm. Like you may have come way farther to get to the same point as somebody else. And you can't discredit that. Right. Yeah. With your past being in Miss Texas and then the bachelor, did you ever find yourself like having to give yourself a pep talk or like keeping it positive when everyone else was just like going ham and being negative or, you know, (laughs) or just like, yeah, if you want to be like, were there ever times where you were like, yeah, this is not easy for me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, both of those experiences were hard in their own regards. Like the pageant, you know, you're expected to have it all together. And Mm -hmm. that's just kind of one of the, the things of being in a public position of any capacity. I feel like I always had to have it together. My hair, my makeup, my outfits, my personality, everything always had to be on and together. Mm -hmm. And so there would be days that just sucked and I would have to suck it up and go to an appearance or suck it up and do something else. And, you know, that was great because it taught me resilience and pushing through those negative days to get what needs to be done, done. Yeah. And then from going from that to the bachelor, which is such a wildly emotionally involved experience. It was like night and day for me. And I was like, wait a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I was expected to be happy, go lucky there. And now I'm getting ridiculed for being too happy, go lucky. I'm like, hold up. So that was, uh, that was a very difficult, uh, period switching between the two. And then even afterwards, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, it's very emotional and you're feeling all of these things publicly, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would never, that would be hard the public thing is hard it's already hard and then you add like scrutiny and people's eyes on you and yes I remember um following the show or while the show was airing I think I was you know you get a lot of backlash as one does in that environment and I remember tweeting something I think and saying that like you know everybody has their own struggles everybody has things that they may not like or may need to work on but the difference between like you and myself is I'm having to figure it all in front of millions of people. You get to figure it out in private. Like if a camera followed you around all day, you'd probably notice some parts of yourself you don't like also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so. honestly, <laughs> yeah, very cool. What do you think, like to compare like pageantry, how you were with females, bachelor with how you are with females and then real life? Like, have you found that there's like a solid, like, thread that ties them all together that you're always this person or did you find yourself having to morph a little bit and like just kind of exist and survive in some of those situations I, a little bit of both honestly I think that I mean between bachelor and pageants the common denominator is they're both competitive environments one you're competing for you know this title and this opportunity like a job interview mm-hmm. but you get to see everybody you're competing against for said job. Uh, whereas bachelor it's like dating on a dating app, but you get to see all of the girls that you're also talking to 
this guy with. So, you know, you can take real life situations, but nothing's going to prepare you for either one of those instances. And even though at the end of the day, I like to think of myself as a very, um, like a very warm, friendly person, when there's a level of competition involved, you have to draw the line somewhere, you know? So I know with Miss USA, um, I loved the girls. I really, really enjoyed all of them. I'm still friends with several of them, but there's a level of competition. Like I couldn't help, but look at them and think like, okay, at the end of the day, I'm trying to beat you here. Like I'm trying to, <laughs> I love yeah. you. I didn't come but... this far just to like, exactly. Background. Right. Exactly. Um, and then same thing with the bachelor. Like, you know, I appreciated the girls. I loved the girls, but at the end of the day, I didn't feel like truly you can open up to them completely because as we know in that environment, once you say something, it's out in the open and it's going straight to production. Like it's, <laughs> it's going straight to press. So um, it's really hard to compare normal, like everyday real life Alea to the person that is in those competitive environments. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, I like to think I'm relatively friendly. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I try not to be dramatic or start drama if it doesn't need to be, uh, talked about, you know? Yeah, definitely. You mentioned boundaries. Like what's the one boundary that you like going into your later twenties that you're like kind of going to hold closer to you, like as you grow in the next couple of years. So I think the biggest thing I've learned from all of those experience and kind of a boundary and, um, just a take home message from all of it is like just communication, dude. Like you just need to be, it sucks and it's hard and nothing about communicating is easy. Um, but you need to be willing to have those difficult conversations, especially if you expect somebody to like be straightforward and straight up with you, you need to be willing to receive those awkward conversations mm -hmm. with a level head and have an adult, mature, calm conversation rather than be willing to, you know, be the first to anger and be the first to come out somebody and expect them just to roll over and accept defeat. Like you need to be willing to communicate. I feel like one thing that's so bad, especially with generations nowadays is nobody talks. Nobody's willing to have hard conversations. Everything's done via text or DMS or anonymous accounts. Like people don't want to have a face-to-face -face hard communication moment. And I understand it sucks. It's so awkward. It leaves you feeling like, you know, you have this ball in your throat and your heart is about to drop out of your butt. Like it just sucks. But I think after all of those, um, situations, especially the bachelor, the common denominator is like, you know, had I just talked to some of the girls one-on-one, -on -one, had they just talked to me one-on-one, -on -one, a lot of the issues could have been resolved way easier. Mm, com yeah. Communication. We, when we work at girl powerful with tween and teen girls and communication mm -hmm. is really what it's all based on. And like using that and then being able to manage your emotions once you do communicate Absolutely. or manage your emotions, realize what you want to communicate and then move on. Yes. Um, yeah. So I think that's cool. I think that's good that you learned that even if it was the hard way, right? Yeah. At least now you have that tool in your back pocket and yeah. It was one of those things that when I was a teenager myself, like I was always, somebody could be upset with me and I would just roll over and accept it as a loss rather than sit down with, you know, this person that I valued as a friend or as a close individual and talk to them about it. And as I've grown older, I've realized if you're willing to just sit and talk about it, usually like probably 95% of the time resolve it. And yeah. in those fair five percent, like okay, at least you at least you can feel better knowing you tried. But yeah, as a teenager, I remember like, nope, 
no, she's mad at me. I'm just going to leave her be. And then right. you talk to that person again. It's really and sad. if you've solved those problems or issues and maybe, yeah, maybe you don't move forward with a friendship, but at least like at the store, you can just say hi and not dodge and yes. like hide behind the bananas. You exactly. know what I mean? Like you can live with a little more peace and grace, I think, instead of yeah. like, I, I feel like since we can all see each other still, even if you had a friend breakup, you norm someone's going to tell you about that girl sooner or later, just in conversation. Yeah. So you don't have to have those icky feelings. You can just, you know, wish her well and move on. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the bigger person though. That's coming from a healed place, you know? And so like teenagers or, you know, in your twenties or thirties, or it just depends where you are. It's, it's not that easy to maneuver all these relationships not at all. No, I don't, I don't care how old you are or where you're at in life. It's, it's never easy to sit down with somebody and be like, Hey, I know you feel I wronged you. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. I know that I messed up and I regret it. Let's talk about it. Like, it's not easy and it's not a fun conversation to be had, but at the end of the day, if you don't have those conversations, those feelings are going to follow you. Every time their name gets brought up, you're going to immediately think of that scenario and you're not going to have closure on it until you talk to them. Right. It's so true. Do you have any tips on how someone could like start formulating that conversation in their head or write it down before? Oh they- yeah. So I'm a, I'm a big write it down person. I am one of those that, you know, I think everybody does this and I'm just going to be the one to admit it is you have those, like the fake mock-up conversations in the shower where you're like walking your head through what the scenario could possibly look like. And I think when you write down points that you want to make, like, this is how I feel for doing this, or this is how I feel like you've made me feel. Um, it just, it helps you go into the conversation more logically rather than going in with all of this emotion. I, been told at one point in time that if you go into a conversation, a hard conversation prepared to react and you're purely speaking out of emotion, you're going to say some things you don't mean. You're not going to come across the way you want to versus if you give yourself time to compose yourself, to decide what matters, what are you hoping to gain out of this conversation? Mm-hmm. It makes a world of difference. And help, um, it, for me, writing down has always helped me tremendously with that. That makes sense though. You're processing it. So then you're responding and not reacting. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, and then, yeah. And then it does, then there's no regrets. Like you said, no regrets and you can move forward. That's and that's cool. the biggest thing is with those conversations. I think it's important to like, to have that mindset, like it might not work out, mm-hmm. but you just want to leave that conversation with closure and no regrets. Like you did everything you could. That, that should be the end goal is knowing that you did your part and you did everything you could mm. to met whatever situation it may be. Yeah. Letting go of the expectation of someone else and whatever they're going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we're all surrounded and impacted by each other so much. Yeah. That's really helpful. Like, I think that's going to resonate with a lot of listeners. <laughs> I'm serious. A lot of, um, all of our podcasts actually end with this question. And it's personal, it's exciting, and everyone really has a totally different answer. So I'm excited to hear what you say. But (laughs) our last question is, what makes you feel most alive? Ooh, that's a fun one. What makes me feel most alive? Honestly, I think being able to just experience new things, and that's like in any capacity. I feel most alive when like, I kind of break out of the mold of, you know, waking up, go to work, come home, 
there's like, we're all expected to have routines and it's nice to have routines, but when I'm able to kind of get out of that, I'm able to travel. I'm able to even something as simple as go to dinner in a new spot on a weekday because just cause or make a new dish or just try something completely new is when I feel like, okay, this is living. This is, this is me like breaking out of the nine to five mold and getting to experience life. Cause nobody wants to live life. Just clock in, clock out, go to bed, do it again. Like there's no life to be lived in that. That definitely resonates with me. Break out of the mold. That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> So where can people find you and connect with you? So, um, I'm on socials at Alea Benavides on everything. Um, and that's usually, that's where I'm at. Take cool. Check me out. Hi. <laughs> well, thanks so much for your time. And I'm excited to see you grow and mature and figure out your destiny. Cause it's already laid out for you. Oh, it's so crazy. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Of course. Bye. Thanks to our guest for more information on her. See the show notes. Please hit subscribe if you have not already. That way, a new episode is delivered directly to your feed every week.